This episode contains references to drugs and alcohol, mental health, graphic content, and adult themes. The information provided in this podcast is for general purposes and for awareness and should not be considered professional advice. The views in this episode are explicitly ours alone. Furthermore, any references to any products, places, services, or organizations are not through endorsement or recommendation unless explicitly stated. We strive to be inclusive and candid. And now, on to our season two premiere of Ride or Die, From Teens to Prosecco Queens. Hello and happy 2024 to you, all of my dear listeners. We are back for a new season and I'm really excited. In case you don't know who I am or are new to our show, I am your host, Teresa, the Forever Dreamer, and this is Ride or Die from Teens to Prosecco Queens. Welcome to all. Today's episode is really a cool one for me and a privilege at that because this queen is sitting down to have a really interesting and probably surprising discussion with a wonderful friend of mine. Someone I've had hours of conversations and laughs with over the past 20 years at least, and the first king to grace this podcast with his presence. Please, everyone, welcome Jose to the show. Jose has just recently come back into my life after quite some time and has been a true breath of fresh air for me. It's amazing how you can just click with someone and that just remains over time. Being in his presence again was like I was chatting him up just yesterday while he fixed my computer. Jose is a Gen Xer, a father, a son, a friend, and a brother, and probably the biggest systems admin on at least the East Coast. He's a smartass with a heart of gold and dynamic as hell. He's a 10 among men for sure. This conversation is sure to make us laugh, but with his intelligent wit, we'll definitely teach you something as well. And we may go off the hinges here and there. It is my honor to say what's up to Jose. Please introduce yourself to our listeners, even though I talked up the shit about you just now. <laughs> ah, I don't know if I could trump that introduction. That is glorious. Uh, I feel like I'm under pressure now. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't I, I, I certainly don't want to let you down. But as far as uh, the biggest East Coast tech, uh, that's probably about right. You know, six, five, 300 and something pounds. Uh, I think I'm 310 now. So, you know. OK. I'm losing weight. It's coming Work, down. Working your way back. That's it. I'm working my way down. I got to get under 300, you know, but uh, we're working out there. I'm good. Good. You know, good. I'm shopping at regular people clothes now. Yeah, it's cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. That might yeah. make two of us then one day. <laughs> hey, listen, I got. I just got a sweater at Kohl's not too long ago. That was probably like, whoa, Kohl's. They got my stuff. And it's like, you know, that, that, that felt like a win. But, you know, so here I am. But thank you for the wonderful introduction. That was fantastic. Of course. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. So originally, back in the summer when Jose and I hooked up again, it was because his sister-in-law, one of my best friends, and also one of my earlier guests on this show, Raquel, had mentioned to me how much internal work he had done on himself, and how much he had changed mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, and that he would be amazing to have on the show to discuss mental health in the male community, and most importantly, in the male-colored community. And naturally, I was wholly excited and seriously intrigued. I, of course, was not disappointed, and my old friend was like version 3.0. We realized that not only do we have some good and not so good in common, but there is so much more we can talk about, and we are going to. From mental health to dating in your 40s, to divorces and kids, and so much more. This may end up a two-parter. Jose, I can't thank you enough for being here with me. It's like one of the many convos we always have, except we have to edit way more because, you know, we can get quite candid. And I think there is very little off limits. I want to jump right in if it's cool with you. Absolutely. Go for it. All right. So there's a thought that men simply do not express their emotions. And if they do, they are usually holding back or holding it in or acting out angrily or in an explicit way. And we know that there's a spectrum there. So I want to start off by understanding from the male perspective how and why there is not only a stigma around mental health and men of color. Now, of course, we know that it's not only men of color, but men in general. However, for argument's sake, we know it's more under-acknowledged and under-treated in men of color. Um, and of course, as a brown woman, I have my own theories based not just on my experience personally, but seeing the trials and tribulations of the men in my family, men I've been married to, and relationships in, relationships in general. 
So tell me, thinking back to when you were younger, was there an open forum to express your feelings in a healthy manner without fear of judgment, ridicule, or dismissal? Because most of us were subject to at least two out of the three in our childhoods, causing us to bottle it up and express it in ways that I can say was not very, that I was not very proud of personally. So I can say that I often saw that there was never an outlet for men or especially like young men to really like express their feelings. Um, your options was if you were lucky, you had a mom that was willing to listen to you and I was one of those lucky ones. Um, and even with that, there was some limitations because okay. there were certain things that either I didn't want to talk to my mom about um, of course. Right? You yeah. know, and other things was that, you know, maybe she didn't feel comfortable talking to me about. Makes sense. But yeah. from an emotional standpoint, my mom was always very supportive of the things that I was comfortable speaking of. You know, I happen to, uh, I happen to be born and raised in the Bronx and a lot of the kids that I saw grew up in single parent homes and, and they didn't have the, the, the good fortune I had to have a mother who was a little bit more empathetic to feelings like that. A lot of, uh, especially around my time, a lot of the guys grew up trying to be a little stoic. Right? Yeah, exactly. Right? It was like, yeah. oh, shut up, you know, don't cry, this and that. Mm -hmm. Crying was just looked at like, you know, it was just not, you know, not good. You don't want to cry. You don't want to show your emotion. You don't want to. No weakness. Right. Because yep. it was equated to, to weakness. Yep. Exactly. Um, and as a kid, that's very easy to under, you know, that's very easy to comprehend, right? Like, you're crying, oh, you're weak. Because every guy that you see that's tough doesn't cry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I remember growing up um, growing up and watching men in funerals not crying. Agreed. You're right. Yeah. There it's were men, very rare. They weren't crying. Like, yeah. they, your father died. Yeah. And you're not crying. And I was like, oh, I'm crying. Am I supposed to cry? Am I not? I've, I've always battled with those, with those feelings, right? And so here's what happens. You grow up and you carry this lesson throughout your whole life, right? Right. Then you carry that entire lesson your whole life and you never, as, as you get to adulthood, you never reevaluate that. You never revisit this, like, thought process right. and, and, and see if it's working out for you. This is something that, in general, we don't do. That's where you see so much arrested development. You know, a lot of us become adults chronologically, but not emotionally. And it seems like that's almost getting worse. Yeah, and and a lot of that has to do with you know um, I I you know everything could be speculative really like if I talk to you about certain things I could say oh yeah social media lends a hand in that because social media you know social media paints this picture of the highlights of your life right right and everybody's trying to keep up with the highlights of yes. your life yes but the day to day is like it's different for everybody you know exactly. what I'm saying it's like everybody's going through hard times everybody's going nah, maybe not everybody but the majority of us are going through hard times just like everybody else right. You know, um, emotional struggles, financial struggles, etc. You know, parenting struggles and yes. things like that. So, you know, um, I think that if you get to a point where you're a little older, in your 20s and your 30s, and you start reevaluating, like, why do you think about that? You know what I'm saying? Like, why, why do you think that crying or just being, like, emotional is weak? Yeah. Where did you get this concept from? And if you really think about it, like you're going to you're going to draw an answer and that answer is going to be something akin to, well, when I was seven. That's right. This is what happened. And yeah. it's like, yeah, does that does that still work for you? Yeah, because I'm sure it doesn't. Exactly. Right? We were. And, you know, a lot of times we say that's such a male thing, mm -hmm. but it was us as females as well. We've talked about it on the show before yeah. that happens. And I don't know. Again, I think. My kids' generation, I think your daughter's generation, you know, they're, what are they, Gen, what are they, good? So gen, it would be Gen X, and then the they're next Gen one is Millennials. Yeah. Right, they're, they're Gen Z. Gen Z's would be after They're that, Gen yeah. Z, so our kids are Gen Z. Yeah. And it's really interesting because they're now able to be more open, right? They're yeah. able to, and I think a lot of that, too, is because we, we, as in our generation, Millennials and Gen Xers, I yeah. think that we're a little more cognizant now yeah. of how we were raised. Right. And that it wasn't correct. Right. Right? That it's like they should be able to come to us as humans, right? Because a lot of times as kids, we weren't seen as humans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We were just seen as a staple. Mm -hmm. You're here. We're feeding you. You're going to school. You got clothes in a home. That's it. Yeah. Right? That's it. And then you grow up believing that until, like you said, reevaluate. And most of us don't even know to reevaluate 
because we don't have the tools or the mentality. Nobody to do tells it. you to do that, right? Exactly. And, and so that's 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 part of the problem. Is that you know it's like no, you know you don't when you were a kid, your parents were infallible. Right? Yeah. Like whatever they were doing, you felt like oh, this is your parents, and your parents know everything, and this is who you listen to, and you are you are given the tools to live and be and be productive by loving parents, or at least. You know, if, if you're lucky, right? Like you got some loving parents that right. are trying to do the best they can and then you grow up and then you realize, oh, my parents didn't have all the answers. Or yeah. maybe you don't realize that. Maybe you still think that they have all the answers and I they know were right about everything. Of right? adults who still believe that about their parents. Right. Yeah. And so and, and so if you grew up in that mindset, then you know, it's it's hard to challenge that because it's it goes against all your whole belief system, right? right. Like it's really hard to grow up and have a core belief system and 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 break that up, break that down, and realize that oh, it's been wrong the whole time because it really disrupts your your peace for a bit. Exactly. You know? But you have to be comfortable with that. Like, I I saw it's along these lines. It's it's gonna be it's very <laughs> it's actually really funny because it's kind of a meme that I read almost. And what I found funny about it was along those lines. But it was but it was funnier. It says something like back in our day in the mm-hmm. nine even the nineties the eighties if your aunt told you something. For example, like, you know, don't, what do we always say? Oh, don't, sw- don't swim right after you eat some, whatever right, it is, right. whatever the belief is, right. That passed down from generations with no basis at all. Right. Whatever it is, if your aunt told you not to do that. Now there was no Google. There was none of that stuff that you could say, well, let me check this. Nobody knew that yeah. you went your entire life believing this, this is ingrained in you now. Like, why would you like, we're like, but in our head, we're thinking, this is an adult. She knows what the hell she's talking about. Don't shower when it's sick. There's a storm. My mother told me that my whole life. Yeah, yeah. To this day, I still when this, I'm still scared to shower if there's lightning. Don't wet your hair before you go to bed. Like, yes, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, and so that. and then that's on a different that's on a different level, but it's still along the lines mm-hmm. of those beliefs that we get when we're younger from the older generations that we feel like they gotta know what the hell they're talking about because yeah. they're older. I look now and I'm at my age and I'm like, damn. So my mother had. 40, 41, my dad really did know much more than I did. You know what I mean? And maybe, and maybe I know a little more because I'm a little more progressive. Yeah, yeah. In my own beliefs and in the work I've done. But when it comes to other, you know, other stuff too, whether it be relationships or financial, you know, when you're looking at your parents as a kid, you're like, man, what you see is what you think is. Yeah, yeah. Well, perception is reality. Yeah. Yeah. What you're living, that's your life, right? It doesn't matter about anything else. So for you, it's like this, what's going on in my house is what life is. And there's no, there's just, and for me, it was like, oh, I guess this is normal. Whatever's going on is normal. Absolutely. You know, so now I'm looking at back at this age, I'm like, shit, that wasn't normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And it wasn't happy either. But normal, yeah, and and, and normal um, can be good or bad. Healthy. Healthy is what you're right. Healthy. Yeah, yeah. Is is to me healthy is what I consider normal. Exactly, and yes. so that's what should be normal. But sometimes the normalcy is, you know, it could be anything. It could be, you know, getting beat every day. Yeah. Right, and and it's all about what you normally see. Right. Right. It's like some people, like for instance, I like when, that normalcy is what you normally see. Yeah, what you what you often see, I should say. I don't want to define the word with the with, with the same word, but you, you you know you get the point, and and <laughs> and that's what it is. Whatever you used to becomes normal. Like some people fight the uh, you know the oh being gay isn't normal. Well, what's not normal? Or it's not natural, or something to that degree. Right. Well, of course, if you don't experience it every day, that's not normal to you. Exactly. But the truth of the matter is that as far as being natural. It's absolutely natural. Exactly. We have the animal population. It's about 10% gay. Yeah. <laughs> Just like the human Just population. Just like the human population, yeah. right? <laughs> so, you know, like, yeah, it's absolutely natural. Now, if you want to make that argument that it's not natural, it's like, well, now you have nothing to stand on because that's the argument, right? Right. But here's the issue that, that you brought up before. It's like, oh, we didn't have Google and we didn't have this. Well, we have it now. Mm-hmm. People are still having these People problems. People are still having these problems, yeah. You see what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. you know, like somebody would say something like, oh, you know, oh, this, this, is this way because xyz and you could just look it up and find out no that's not that's not correct and people would buy that people would buy that at face value exactly you know if i tell you right now if i tell a story about a a good story about how george washington's teeth george washington's teeth were made out of wood you would buy it hook line and sinker if i told you that story with enough well they told us that exact thing when we were kids whatever it is right so like here's a story about christopher columbus Right, the mm-hmm. story about Christopher Columbus that we are taught in school is fiction. Yes, it is. It's complete fiction. Holy it's not fiction! Everything about oh, in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Mm-hmm. This is a story from Washington Irving, I believe, and it was like you know, it, it was it was all made up. Yep. 
right? It was based out of a novel. Yeah. First of all, the theory that he was sailing and did and, and wanted to prove that the world was round was completely inaccurate. Yep. Um, <laughs> we, 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 we were hundreds of years already into, yes. yeah, we already, we already figured out that the world was round. You know what I'm saying? And, and to this day, right, to modern day 2024, there are droves of people who still believe that the earth is flat. Yes, there are. Yeah. Right. And it's so quite and, unbelievable. Right. And, and, and no matter what, no matter what you tell them, no matter what, you know, what proof you present, anything like that, it's like, no, this is, this is bullshit. Your, your conspiracy theory is based on something that where, oh yeah, so NASA is hiding this from me. The whole world and NASA is conspiring to hide that. To what game? I, thank you. I say that all the time. What to would what be, what ga- would be what the would reason? Be the game? Yep. Because if somebody is perpetuating this, this, this lie, then there has to be something to be gained. Right. Right. So what is the game here? There is none. There is none. Right. It's just, I, I don't know. This we build world. all this technology based on all of this physics that we understand. Right. Right. And we can see that every planet is round. <laughs> and we, right? And and we understand that it's round because it has to be because of gravity. Like, it, it, like there's every, a, whole, a whole slew of reasons. Everything it has, in yes. physics, right? Yes. And then it's just like, okay, cool. <laughs> So why is ours flat? Like I don't like it's a flying saucer. Like right, it's, it's just, a flying saucer. I was yeah. thinking like just just a flat like a pancake. Like why would it be? Right. Why would it be? And there's so many ways to disprove that in a very easy way. And it's like, but but you don't want to because here's the problem. The problem is, people either either you're grifters and you're trying to lie to people. We know there's a whatever, bunch of them right? running around. But but not everybody is that. Not everybody is that. Some people just want to believe. They want to believe the the, the opposers. They want to yeah. they want to be the underdogs that are right. You yes. know what I'm saying? And I think that that's what it is. And I think the biggest problem of all this is that you have to be okay with. You have to be okay. You have to be willing to be wrong and okay yeah. with it. Yeah. You know, like I'm not married to my thoughts. I'm not married to my ideas. Like if somebody gives me information that's new information that would disprove or otherwise change my belief on something i'll be glad to take it in and and change my mind about it and that's how you should operate i I say that having that open mind is what helps us evolve right and that's part of the problem and i think that's a big part of the issue so many people are unwilling to not just have an open mind but to evolve right right evolve mentally spiritually emotionally i mean it goes on physically shit just physically alone you know people are so against evolving and trying to do better so they i I think they try to disprove stuff just so they don't they don't have to evolve because comfort is easier yeah right your comfort zone is easier anything that challenges your comfort zone there is a huge population of people probably most people including us at times obviously that it, we just are not able to do that. I challenge my parents all the time. Yeah. It drives, I, I know it drives my mom crazy. I just had my dad on the on the floor the other day. I was challenging something. I was like, oh my God, aren't you tired of thinking so like close-minded? Yeah. And yeah. he like threw a fit, which was hysterical. But it not in a bad way, but just in the sense like, he's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? And I'm like, dad, you're not listening. Yeah. Because that's an older generation, right? It's the idea that they're so ingrained, it's hard to open that door and see otherwise. And even sometimes when you physically are proving it, there's still that, oh, well, I don't know. You know, right, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. Where'd you get that? You can't always trust that either. I'm like, it's fact. Like, you know, you, there's other ways you can verify things, right? Yeah. So all of that starts from when you're younger. And I think some people are also born and raised to be more inquisitive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and others was, we know are not. Well, that's what got me in trouble in Bible study. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was oh, too, I could imagine. I was oh my too god, inquisitive. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like when I was growing up, and it was like, well, so, but, but because of that, because I was inquisitive, and because nobody was able to give me like a clear answer, it was always, you know, it's like, oh, we don't question the Lord and stuff like that. It was something mm-hmm. akin to that always. Yeah. It's like that's sort of what threw me off of that path. Like said, ah, eh, you know what? If my idea was, if your religion can't handle the. Uh, you know, the inquiry of a 10-year-old. It's like, you've got nothing going on here. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it is. If you can't stand yep. up to the scrutiny of a 10-year-old, yes. I was like, you got nothing here. And, you know, that sounds like me. When I was that age, and I went to Catholic school, obviously, because, you know, yeah. that's how me and Raquel know each other. Um, and I used to, you know, for a while, it was just ingrained in me. It's just what we were. We were indoctrinated. That's what we were. My mom was hardcore Catholic raised. And yeah. and we weren't as hardcore Catholic. She was she pulled away a little bit, but we still were. 
And I used to, I started to say to myself as I got older, like, like I say, now I'm more spiritual. I'm way more spiritual than I am religious, right? Yeah. But I still have my beliefs. I still, you know, I still believe in the Lord, the Jesus. I still pray. I have all those things. I still have my conversations, right? But on different levels. Right. As I got older, I used to say to myself, well, where does science fit in then? Yeah. And I used to get in trouble for asking those questions. I used to be like, wait a second, though. If there was Adam and Eve, were they living with the dinosaurs? Just simple shit like that, yeah, right? Yeah, like really exactly. just basic kid shit. Like yeah. you're telling me this story, then what ha- where does this story fit in? Yeah. Right? And there were many times it'd be like, oh, don't worry about it. God has always been God. Okay, that's great. I- I'm yeah, not yeah. I'm not even disputing that. Yeah. Explain to me how these can be mutually exclusive. Explain that to me. That's all I want. You know what I mean? And so then you're told, like everything else, don't ask the questions. Pretty much, yeah. It's it's just it's like live with blind it. faith. Yes, this is what it is. And so don't just live with it. It's a hard pill to swallow, but here's the thing, right? That's what religion teaches you. See, what happens is when you have a belief system, right, and it gets challenged, and I and I start questioning your whatever it is. It mm-hmm. doesn't even need to be religious, but if I if you if you have a belief system that you're sharing with me, then what happens is, and I break that, and I give you information that disputes that, and it's it's you can't dispute it now because I gave you this information. What you do now is you you have two options. You can either accept that and reevaluate your life or your belief system at the very least, right? Or you're going to develop, you're going to create some conspiracy theory. Very true. Right? Very true. Because now you have to figure out how to dismiss this fact that you just got, right? And work it into your whole, you know, psyche and your whole your whole belief system, right? Interesting. And that's that's an hap- interesting way to put it. Never thought about it like that's that. what happens with religion, right? Like mm-hmm. when when your when your belief system is challenged, and it's going to get challenged because there's a lot of different religions out there. Of course, you're going to meet people. They're going to question you and things like that and whatever. And some people are not necessarily mean about it or anything, but you know, um, for instance, myself, I'm, in, I'm I'm inquisitive and I I want to learn. I want to understand how you think or whatever. So I may ask you questions about it if it's a religion that I'm not familiar with. So when I ask you questions and you don't know how to answer it, you kind of stumble on things. And, and, and sometimes that makes you uncomfortable because it's like, how do I, it's my whole belief system. This yeah. is what I believe since I was a little kid. Yeah. And to let go of that, just like suddenly like that, that's a, that's a, that's disruptive. It is. So, it is. so not everybody's going to be comfortable doing that. But I think that if we get comfortable to challenge these ideas and become normal, right? Yeah. That becomes normal. normal. And then. Right. And then and then we're, we're we become in a, in a place where we're a lot more self-aware and we, you know, listen, I I understand the need for spirituality. Right. This idea that like if I tell you that I'm atheist. Right. Like, you know, then, then my belief system is there is no belief system. It's we die. Nothing happens. Right. Right. But that's a hard pill to swallow for some people. It right? kind of to is me, for me at to, times. Too. To me, it is not. Right. To me, it's like, well, my problems are over. Everything that everything that I could consider a problem. My dad is the same way. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. if I want, when I'm gone, I don't want to die. Right. But I know that nobody gets out of here alive. That's right. Right. That's right. And it's going to happen at some point. So, you know, I'm comfortable with that idea. And not everybody gets to that part. Yeah. Right. Not everybody gets to the part where they're like comfortable with that idea that it's like, hey, I don't want to die a painful death or a slow, agonizing, you know, anything like that. But I'm okay with the death, right? Right. And anything that happens afterwards is like, I'll, you know, I'll deal with it. I'm saying like, it's like, it's not exactly. It's what it is. Like, whatever it is, it's like, that's for the next time. Like when I get there, I will deal with that. If I got a, whatever it is, if it involves booking a hotel or whatever it is, I'm going to take care of it. It's like, I'll worry about it when I get to that side. Yeah. But I'm not going to start here. I like, I don't feel like I'm going to be here with limited information, trying to make plans about what's going to happen later. What if I get it wrong? Listen, booking.com doesn't go that far. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, but that's my whole thing. It's like how, you know, like you're going to sit here and talk about there's something like 5,000 religions across the world or something like that, right? It's right. like, are you, you you know, you're gambling on one here. You right. got a 5,001 chance, like, that you <laughs> got it right. But I think that is so, because then that actually ties into what we were even saying is to reevaluate. Yeah. Right? To, to reevaluate belief systems that we've had since we were younger, to reevaluate. Yeah. everything that we were taught. And so many people don't, again, just don't even know to do that. I didn't even know to do that necessarily. And so you had said it in those words. And I was like, not that I didn't do it. I had done it. Yeah. I didn't realize that's what I was doing 
was reevaluating my thoughts, my beliefs, my, in, like I said, my internal audit that yeah. I had to do in order to feel that I can be a whole person again. Yeah. After feeling so much of it was snatched away from me, you know, and, and, and that, that, that audit, I feel has an entire, just, it just does something to your entire being. Yeah. You know, and there are some people that are so, and again, I'll say a lot of older generations that look at it and be like, oh, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. That's bullshit. You are who you are, whatever. And you see a lot of miserable ass people walking the hell around. Yeah. Like yeah. miserable ass people. Yeah. I got plenty of them in my family, you know, like older generations is miserable. And they're like, they'll bitch about it. They'll complain about it. Okay. Well, you're still not dead. Do something about it. You know what I mean? But when you're so ingrained and you're refuse to be a little more open about it and you don't want to hear about it you know yeah. uh, it's just like so i'm trying to do better for myself i know you've been trying to do better for yourself yeah and for our kids that is exactly it that's my motivation yeah kid, you know what i mean i'll ask you a question i know that you're the hostess here oh and please I, I might ask be away my boundaries but, ask away but i'm gonna ask you a question yes what is your method of conflict resolution in a in a relationship in other words how did you arrive to your to this concept that you currently employ for conflict resolution in your relationships? Well, I realized the one thing lacking in all of my relationships, mm-hmm. including the two major ones, yeah. was effective communication. That was lacking. That was lacking. Yes, okay. Right? Pure effective communication. And when I say that, I mean me talking to a blank slate constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me trying to pull shit out of somebody who is... I, for a lack of a better term, obviously mentally ill. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not talking about just one. I, I apparently, I, I'm an empath apparently. And it's like the universe just yeah. sends them to me. And when I can't fix them, the universe gets yeah, rid yeah, of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, <laughs> as apparently I'm a beacon for it. I'm starting to, I'm, and that's helping me see a little clearer too. Yeah. About, about the way I see, the, the way I handle things. Right. Okay. So for me, what I'm learning is how to try to be more effective in my communication for conflict resolution. So great point, but, but here's what I really want to know. Okay. Your original concept for conflict resolution, how to, how to have conflict resolution in a relationship. Oh, you mean from when I was younger? Right. Where did you learn that from? Oh, that's okay. How did you learn conflict resolution? There was no conflict resolution. That's my point. (laughs) The point is what you probably happened to you was you saw your parents fight. Not just them. And you, whoever it is, you saw your parents fight and maybe a couple other adult couples. Yes. And you employed their tactics as yours. Yeah. And that's how we mostly learn things. No, that's exactly right? In a very it. passive way. Yes. So what ends up happening is like here's what happened in my family. If you were if you fought, you had a couple of words, yappy yappy yappy, yappy yappy yappy, you go to your corners and somebody and everybody stops talking. That's it. Right? Yep. You stop talking, I'm mad at you and depending on the severity of it, it could be a couple of hours to a few days. Yes. Right? Of just tension. And then at some point. <laughs> tension and quiet. Yeah. And then at some point. <laughs> yes. Everything gets resolved. Right? But it's a sweeping under the it's rug. It's a sweeping kind of. under the rug. That's so, all that it is. And the way that you know that it's resolved is because suddenly they're talking like nothing happened. Yep. Right? Exactly. If there was something that happened in the background, we don't know about it. Not, it when, not when you're a doors, kid. Yep. Right. So in, from your perspective, mm-hmm. what you've realized is that, oh, you just pretend nothing happened and just start talking. Exactly. So guess what happens? Exactly. Two marriages in, and that's the tactic I was employing. Exactly. If I was mad at you, I yell, I say whatever it is, blah, blah, blah. We kiss and make up at some point and act like nothing ever happened. What's interesting about that, yes, you are completely correct. I've I've talked to my therapist about it. I've said on other episodes, she specifically said to me, can you give me one couple in your life that you would like to emulate? I was like, nah. Yeah, yeah. No. as I'm older now, I realize those weren't healthy, not one, there was not one healthy relationship among me. Again, normal maybe, not healthy, right? So yes, two major relationships in, and it's like, I'm trying to do better for myself, yet I am with these men, or men-ish, who, (laughs) 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 men-ish, who at this point are also raised where all their families do is sweep all the shit under the rug. Right. Old yeah. school thinking. These are Hispanic men on top of that. Yeah. Ish. And there's a lot of and ego in that. Yes. And it's kind of like, oh, 
I'm just used to hearing my dad say what he's going to say. My mom said whatever. There's some slamming of the doors and boom. And that's it. So now when I'm me, Teresa, when I'm trying to have a conversation with you and now I'm looking at you like there's, there's nothing there. It's like talking to a wall. Now I'm getting pissed. Now here I go employing the one thing that I've always seen right. is the screaming at the screaming at the wall, expecting the wall to answer you. And all the wall does is sink back into I'm a little boy yeah, yeah. who doesn't understand I have to speak, right? Yeah. Like I have to say my piece. I'm, I'm a kid again who's listening to the arguing and the best way to resolve the arguing is to not say shit. Yeah. Right? And that's just a cycle that we perpetuate constantly. And we lie to avoid the confrontation. Yeah. Like if I have something to tell you that's, that's, in, that's you know, if we're in a relationship and I have something to tell you that I know that's going to upset you, oftentimes I wouldn't just, I just wouldn't say it because I don't want the conflict. Right. Exactly. So you, right. So then you, you shy away from having a unnecessary a, a conversation because you're worried about the repercussions of the response. Exactly. And you don't want to deal with that. And so it, it's, it's a, it's a two part problem, right? It's, it, you, you need to, your conflict resolution, right? It all starts with communication. And communication is like, you know, people say it all the time. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like people say, oh, yeah, communication, just talk. Yeah, yeah. But it has to be very specific. It needs to be addressed in a way where it's not you versus me, right? Right. It's you and I versus the problem. And I know that's, uh, that people have said that many times. This is a quote that people have said and everything, but it's, there's nothing more true. Yeah. And it's like, you know, we are on the same boat paddling in the same direction. The second that we start fighting with each other, it's mutiny. Yeah. Is that what I'm saying? Yeah, completely. Like, it's like, it, you know, that that's what it is. It's like, you, you, you know, like, we not, I mean, listen, I'm not saying that there should never be a fight between a couple. There's always going to be an argument or of a course. disagreement. Of course. But when that becomes the norm, when that becomes the, the go-to de facto standard of your relationship, and it's like, it's just going to be doomed. Yeah. Agreed. You know what I mean? Agreed. Especially if you don't have proper conflict resolutions, like you haven't talked about that. You haven't talked about, it's like, how do we, you know, how do we disengage when we get too hot? You know what I mean? Like yeah. all of these things. We gotta have these conversations and it's like, you know, and, and, and know how to be expressive, how you feel and how to validate somebody's feelings and not dismiss them when you you know, like it there, there's a lot of things that you have to take into account to have a successful relationship. That's what everybody wants. Right. Everybody wants like we're here for a connection. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. This idea that we're gonna be like, ah oh, nah, you know, you're gonna be like ah oh, with girls and this and that and whatever. It's like, look, that was fun when you were eighteen. Chasing skirts and, you know, getting your body count up. I get that. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But, you know, at some point, it's like, you know, you grow up and you start realizing it's like, oh, man, you know, I the, the good stuff is not that. That's not right? the good stuff. When you have a real good connection with somebody, I'm like, look, I'm dating now, but my purpose is like, I'm trying to fall in love again. Yeah. Thank you. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, I'm going to, you know, fall in love with everybody or whatever. Or I'm like, you know, thirsty for that, whatever. If it doesn't happen again, it doesn't happen. It's right. what it is. But it's like, but that's my objective. You know, I was um, talking to this person and, oh, wait, let me, I say this person, that sounds very open-ended, a, a man. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was yeah, like, yeah. let's not, let's not throw that out there I'm too. Glad, I'm glad you had to clarify that. I was me. like, let me just clarify <laughs> yeah, just yeah. in case. Uh -huh. And. People don't know you on this platform. That's, they you. do not, not yet. And we don't <laughs> want to throw that out there. Yeah. Although to be honest, I, you know what? I've had enough failures the other way. It, I, it doesn't hurt to sometimes try, I, I guess. You, I guess yeah, we'll yeah, see, yeah, right? They'll, they'll, they'll welcome you with open arms, I'm I, sure. I guess we'll see, yeah, right? There you go. But I remember we would have conversations and it was almost after a while too much for him. Like mm -hmm. he would open up and I was surprised because like, well, he's like, I've never opened up before. But then he would say things. Okay. Okay. I think we've talked enough. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. and I'd be taken aback every time. I'm like, yo, we're just having a conversation. Like, yeah. Like, it was like, it floored me because I was like, I was like, first of all, I thought it was a little like, hold up, slowly roll. Yeah. Like, shit doesn't just get cut when you think it needs to get cut. And you know, me, some women would be like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Me, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why is it you you telling me? You know what I mean? That that's just enough. I'm like, look, if you're uncomfortable, say it that way, right? Yeah. If you're uncomfortable, listen, you know what? I think, let's take a step back. You know, we get a little deep here. I'm a little uncomfortable. But nobody is taught how to communicate that way. It's just, I'm going to say what, what I want to say. Yeah. So what I wanted to ask you, um, interestingly enough, because I know we went started going to relationships and we'll definitely get back there, but a big question I have for you is, with only giving as much info as you'd like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's up to you. If you want to be an open book, great, or you can be as cryptic as you like. But for you, where do you think the turning point was for you where you just realized you needed help? What you needed to do for you and finally say, listen, like when... 
Like if you were angry or, you know, what was it for you that you said, okay, I'm a man in my 30s and my 40s and some shit ain't working anymore? Um, Getting to the point where it's like my second wife telling me that I got to go because... I was mistreating her, like, you know, not abusively, physically mm-hmm. or anything like that, but verbally, you know, just not, yeah. not very nice. Um, and, and, and then a twofold problem is that and my daughter mm-hmm. witnessing me be that person. Mm, yeah. You know, like, it, it, it was something where it's like, you know, sometimes you start fighting and you start fighting, uh, you know, in proximity of your children. And they hear these things and they see how you're behaving and all of this stuff. And then what happens is... You know, at some point, your kid starts, you know, picking a side. Yeah. Right? Yeah, my poor kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they start going, wow, this person's a dick. Yeah. You know, for lack of a better word. No, whatever. they're you know very saying? intelligent. Yeah, yeah. They don't they're have not, to see it. Not, they don't yeah, have to yeah. say it to see it. They know. Yeah. They know who's yes. who's being the aggressor and all of that yes, stuff. They and do. who's being unfair, who's being mean and all that stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, and I, I that broke my heart. You know, like just understanding that my daughter's seeing me as this like ogre kind of guy, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I never want that. You know what I mean? Like my whole mantra is be the type of man that, you know, I want my daughter to bring home to me one day to meet. You know what I'm saying? Like if I, if I, like that's how you are a role model. You're a role model to your kids, whether you want to be or not. Ladies, he's single. Just saying. (laughs) Maybe make this like the the dating game. Don't get me me in trouble like that. Anyway, I so, feel you though. No, I feel but, yeah. But but that's but that's it, right? Like it's it, that's my daughter, right. right? Like that's my that's that's who I'm raising to be a productive member of society. If she sees me like that, you know, you're gonna get a bad taste in your mouth about all men. <laughs> who are you telling? You see what I'm saying? It's yeah. like I cannot do that to her. I right. cannot do that to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you know that's what really changed. And I said I got to get help. And that whether you know therapy, whether that was and I was. You know, granted, I was I was in a very deep depressive state around that time, like especially during COVID, and I'm at home cooped up and everything, and it's just like, I'm not saying that that's an excuse or a reason for my behavior or what it is. No, but that was also normal. But that was normal at that time too. Yeah, that was yes. normal. That felt like this is what we're doing, and you know, there was a lot of ego. Yeah. Um. You know, because that's the thing too, right? Like you grow up and and you start listening to fights amongst adults, parents, uncles, and aunts, right? And there's a lot of like ego in that. Yes. And so sometimes you you kind of you know you you start faking that, like you start feel like. I remember one time I was um, a girl said something that I was dating. I was in high school, and she started talking on the phone with me about. Actually, she didn't start talking to me. She we were having a conversation, and. A girlfriend, like this was when we were using payphones. So she was calling me from a payphone outside, whatever. <laughs> and so I'm in the Bronx and some girl comes around uh, one of her friends or whatever. And they start talking about this cute guy that they saw at the bodega or whatever. Now, I'm not paying any attention to this. I'm like 15, 16 years old around this time or whatever. And I remember like listening to this. And then at some point it just clicked to me. It's like, oh, am I supposed to like feign jealousy here? I'm not jealous. Oh, yeah, so she was one of your girlfriends. I think I missed that. One of your girlfriends. Yeah, one of my girlfriends that I was dating in high school. Oh, yeah. Nothing serious. It wasn't like, you know, we were like romantically involved for months or whatever. But, you know, we were just talking. Things were cool. You know, we were dating. Puppy love kind of stuff, you know what I mean? And I remember I was like, am I supposed to act jealous here? I don't know, because this is what I typically see dudes do. And I just started, like, you know, feigning jealousy, right? Wow. And I was like, yo, are you going to talk to these, you know, how you talk to your friends you're like in front of me about these guys or whatever? Like, you know, I didn't even know where to start. <laughs> and, and she just shut it down immediately. She was like, uh-uh. Like, no, nah, we ain't going to do that. You ain't going to be over here telling me what to do or whatever. I don't even remember the conversation. And I realized, man, I fucked up the puss. Like, that, you know, I could have... <laughs> I could have totally, like, shut up about it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we were close. We were, you know? Yeah. And so that was, I remember, like, that was the feeling. Like, I was like, man, I, you know, I'm acting like an idiot. Yeah. You know, like, I was like, I'm not jealous. And to be honest with you, I've never been jealous. Like, that's just not a thing. That's a very ego. That's a very egotistical thing. I'm not, you know, yeah. that's just never really been my thing. Like, it's like this idea that it's like, oh, yeah, you ha- you slept with other men or whatever. Like, that never really bothered me. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, as long as there's honesty in it and you're not trying to do anything deceptive or you're not trying yeah. to act deliberately, like, do me dirty. Because right. that's the thing I pay attention to. I don't pay attention to, like, what you do. I pay attention to your, you know, I pay attention to what your intention is. You know what I mean? That makes sense because that's know, how I'm getting now. At the, now, now that I'm learning more, that's how I am now. 
Yeah. Like, what's your intention? What's your intention? You see what I'm saying? Exactly. It's like, if your intention was to have hurt me, then it's like, cool. It didn't work, but fuck you. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's where I'm at with that. And so, and it's, and I've always kind of been like that. I just, like, maybe at, at when I was younger, I wasn't able to quite capture that into words to, like, express it. But, you know, being older now and sort of revisiting all these things is now like, oh, okay, cool. And that's, that's where you get, like, you just start understanding where your belief system is. And I think that everybody's belief system needs to be kind of reevaluated at some point, whether that's religion, whether that's relationships or whatever. It's like reconsider the information that you have, revisit these things and go go about it like you might be wrong. Yeah, we're all wrong. We're wrong about a lot. Practice a little humility. Humility. Yeah. I say all the time. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you don't get to. It doesn't mean that you're not the best. It doesn't mean that you know that that you don't. You're not good at what you do or, or any of that. It just this is just a human evolutionary thing. Like we we're supposed to do these things. You know, I always say I as I get older, I've noticed a few things. People, and I'll say people, but I don't have a lot of female friends necessarily. Yeah. I have more male friends. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of female acquaintances, people that I can go and hang out with, talk to, see all the time, whatever. Right. Sure. And because I, I tend to get along because I'm very open mouthed. I'm very, I'm not as judgmental as I used to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. I've learned that that's, <laughs> I didn't know that's what I was. Yeah, yeah. Right. I didn't realize, but I was raised with very judgmental female voices. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So you learn things that you didn't realize that that was not correct, right? Yeah. So as I've gotten older, I've been told, man, you're not, I don't feel like you're judging me and stuff. Now, I'm sure any ex-husbands might say the opposite, right? But it wasn't necessarily like, oh, it started out like that. It was kind of like, well, I'm giving you kind of what you're giving me. You know what I mean? It was like, if you're, if I'm going to judge you, it's because I'm probably judging the lack, right? Yeah. Or whatever the case may be, right? It could be, oh, who, who the hell knows at this point? I don't even, I don't think I've evaluated those situations. I think I more evaluated myself. Yeah. What I've seen a lot, not just, and a lot in the older male population is a lot of the times it's just in general, not having that role model necessarily to say to not just, you got to be a man, meaning straight, you know, straighten up, stay straight, don't show weakness, you know, provide. That's a whole different type of be a man. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's that other side of be a man. Yeah. Keeping your keeping an open mind, evolving, learning, changing, being there spiritually, emotionally, whatever. And when you can't be, learn how to be. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's there's just such a deficit I think in that. And it makes me it makes me a little nervous because it's like these are the generations that are <laughs> bringing up the younger ones and i've seen i've obviously have seen a difference and a lot of it raquel and i had the conversation a lot of it we think has to do with some of the social media where you can connect with people on these levels that you weren't able to before yeah so there's you can feel like you can be a little more open about who you are what you are they have no problem expressing and 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 saying who they are very openly i don't know who the hell i am i'm almost 41 yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I had my therapist say to me, who is Teresa? And I was like, "That's no one's ever asked me that before. I always felt maybe maybe I was conforming to other people, right? My I entire this, life, yeah. we, we, I was what you wanted me to be. We we have this need uh, to to please people sometimes. Yeah. And, it, and sometimes it gets to a point where it's unhealthy. And for yeah, real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's codependency yeah. and that neediness. It, it got to the point that, again, it wasn't until recently... Mm-hmm. That I even learned about codependence, and I was like, "Oh my god, that makes sense." I got a whole con- codependence like thing going on. It's like, yeah, it's like sexually speaking. Oh, that's a whole nother issue. Men really become. It's very easy to become codependent and not even realize it. Yes. Right. So I'll tell you a story about sexuality. Okay. Right. For a long time, sex to me was like how I was able to keep my thoughts bottled in. Right. You wouldn't be alone in that. Everything, mm-hmm. right. Everything that yes. I've ever wanted to express and everything that was bothering me, sex was the vehicle that allowed me to shut that down for a while. Makes sense. Yeah. Right. That yeah. was the, that was the way that I was It was an addiction. To, yeah. Yeah. But a... here's the thing, right? It happens in a way that you are completely unaware. Yeah. But I mean, so do drugs. Like you could, you know, you could be completely under control with heroin one day. Right. And then the next thing you know, you're leaning in the street and, and falling in a ditch and you, you don't, you don't know how you got right. there. Exactly. Everything happens the same exactly. way. Right. It starts slow. And then the next thing you know, you're completely codependent. And, the, and right? then you can't even, and then even then it, the regular high isn't the same. And, you, and it just escalates. So, but here's how it works out. Here's how it at least manifested for me, right? It was like, okay, so I'm having sex 
And, you know, as long as I'm having sex and it's good sex and everything's great, cool. Everything's cool. There's no fights. There's nothing going on. Right. Life is good. It's beautiful. Boom, boom, boom. We're going. I'm going to work. You know, like, ah, and I can't wait to come back home to you. And beautiful. Right. Right. And every time that there's a problem, sex would, you know, sweep, sweep that under the, the rug. rug. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a, it's a yep. recurring theme, isn't it? It really is. It so, is. So now what happens? Things start to get a little busy. We start focusing on careers, mm, you're yeah. married, kids, whatever it is, whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever impediment to more sex yeah. gets in the way. And that right? attachment. Now it's not, yeah, stressed. now it's not, now it's yes. not every day or, or twice a day. Like it starts off like, oh, it's every time. Every it does. Day. It starts off a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. You start off like two a days. Like, yes. Oh yeah, no doubt. You yep. know what I'm saying? On the weekends, it's crazy, right? Yep. Like you're going hungry and shit and stupid. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, but you're like, you're powering through and you're like, you're doing what you can. And after a while, it's like, all right, you know, every day is kind of crazy. Right. Right. And you start like trimming it down, you know, it starts to go to like five a week, four a week, three a week. And then eventually you get to this point where like, you don't know how you got there, but it's like once a week. Yep. And it's like, man, you look forward to that Saturday and maybe that's good enough for you. Right. Right. But if it gets below that, you have a threshold, whatever your threshold is. Mm -hmm. If it gets below that, you're grouchy now. Yeah. And, and everything sets you the fuck and off. Everything is starting to eat right. out. You're idling exactly. at yeah, you're idling it's eighty, right? Yes. Now. You're saying you're like but whatever. So like whatever it is, you know, you just bomb a, a a flat tire or whatever it is, it's just setting you right off. Fuck right. this shit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And you come home and you're taking it out on people that you love and everything is like whatever and you don't even realize that that's what it is. Yeah. It's like it's like being hangry, right? Like yeah, know, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, so you start uh, reacting in a way where it's just like irrational and things like that. And I mean, it wasn't until two marriages failing that I started realizing, oh, I developed a coping mechanism. Yes, exactly. And that was it for me. And I didn't know that. Exactly. That's scary shit. It is scary because because you yeah. realize because you realize this is exactly how people get hooked to drugs. That's I was just gonna say and, alco and alcohol and, and alcoholism too. That's yeah. exactly what it is. That's what it is. So now all of a sudden you are you're having sex not for the connection. It's but to for suppress. The, it's to suppress but for the suppression. everything. That's it. Yeah. Yep. And so that's the tricky part, right? Like that's the thing where it's like, okay, you decided that instead of actually processing all of these emotions that you've had and talking it out and really like. You were just sweeping it on, and and that doesn't go away. That's kind that of just, a good yeah. segue too, because that I feel, and and again, correct me if I'm wrong in your opinion, but that's not solely mm -hmm. a male thing, obviously. Yeah, no, absolutely. But not. it is a huge male thing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And I don't mean codependency, because that is a human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's human nature. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Human nature, completely. You know, I I'm codependent when I realized my trauma was making me codependent. Yeah. My life trauma was making me codependent, yeah. right? I didn't realize that. And both of my marriages, and, and actually the first one, we were very young. We were just, that shouldn't have been in general. Hmm. But we had our daughter, so it, sh it was supposed to be, right? But the second one was a trauma bond on both both sides. Yeah. Right? I didn't know his codependencies. I didn't know his, <laughs> any of his stuff, right? Yeah, he yeah. didn't know that. You mm -hmm. know, so then... As you are progressing in a relationship and you do not have the tools, or let me rephrase this, even going to couples therapy, yeah. when there's one who is accepting and trying to evolve and change and the other refuses yeah. to yeah. admit there's an issue, yeah. now you have a head, a head to head, even more of a head to head issue than you had before, right? So, and now you're not only trauma bonded, yeah. you're codependent, mm -hmm. you don't know how to let go, one is out acting the hell out and the other is traumatized with PTSD. Yeah, you see yeah. what I'm saying? And it, again, it wasn't until recently that I even realized that codependency is a form of a drug. Absolutely. Right? It's it, Yes, it's, it's a mental, I'm not going to say mental illness, quote unquote. It is a mental deficiency yeah. because we don't realize that it happens. It happens so often. Only a healthy person can finally say, holy crap, I can see that in myself. And then you can start to see it in others. Yeah. And that that's kind of hard as well. And for men, what what I want to ask you is for men, and again, we'll say we'll say men of color because you can speak for men of color. You're a light man of color, but you I are a man white, of color. But yes, yeah. I am definitely. I a man present of color white too. <laughs> <laughs> I 
say our blood is brown. We're yeah, good. Yeah. We're very light. As soon um, as I have to hand over that uh, license and it says Jose, yeah, that, that it gets real. I say yeah, the same yeah. thing. You see my resume. It sees my name. It doesn't matter what I look like, right? Yeah, it's yeah. just that gets put to the bottom of the pile. Me exactly. and Raquel were talking about that too. Yeah. Um, so being being then a colored man who already has enough deficiencies in general, just your name alone, as we were just stating, how is it or why is it that, and again, maybe it's because of upbringing, but why is it that men of color, one, are so reluctant to admit there's problems there? And why are they not able to reach out or, or to admit or want to reach out? to get the help that they need. Now, we know, again, we know that white males, they, of course, they have more, we have more ancestral trauma, mm-hmm. right? Colored folks, black and brown, we have more ancestral drama. So that's passed down, right? That's pa- yeah. mostly passed down. A lot, not as many white people have that, right? But they have things like the major mental illnesses, right? Not just depression. Like, they have the the real, yeah. real flip of the switch um, different ones, right? Than than we have. So, what what do you think? What do you think is the is the deficiency there? I think it's just learned behavior, and I, I don't think it's exclusive to Hispanics, obviously. But no, you, no, like you know, or or black folks or anybody. But what happens is, if anybody ever talks about Hispanic men to you, right? Um, they usually they usually talk about all oh, the bravado on this. Oh, guy, I was gonna say the machismo. The oh, machismo, the machismo, that kind of stuff. Right? And it's like, yeah, and even if you. <laughs> And even if you, you know what I mean, and it's not, and it's not necessarily frowned upon in certain aspects, um, but sometimes it does become a little toxic, as they say. Oh, it's right? purely toxic. Yeah, yes. you know what I mean. And I hate that term like toxic masculinity because masculinity, masculinity in and of itself is not toxic, but there are toxic traits. Yes. Right. Yes. There are things that you do that are toxic. So I don't want to just throw the whole masculinity. I'm, I'm happy to be a man, and I'm happy to represent uh, manhood in, in the way that I can. Right. Um, the ego that we learn, that we develop as Hispanic men or as men of color, as you state, is, I think, part of the issue. Right. Like because it's all the learned behavior, like you see the same men. And when you grow up as a kid and you see these men, your your objective is to mimic. You know what I mean? Right. If you didn't grow up with with good men in your life, then the problem compounds. Exactly. Right? Exactly. I was fortunate enough to see. See, here's the thing that's really funny, and I'll tell you this story. I was fortunate enough to see good and bad, meaning that there are a lot of men of substance in my family and, and around and, 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 and even friends and things like that. So I was fortunate enough to see good quality men okay. who were always even keel, very measured in the way they speak, very, you know, they ne- you never see them upset. You not necessarily see them cry, but you never see them like lose their shit. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I have a bunch of them in mind too. Right. Yes. So as I grew up, that didn't look fun, right? You look at these men kind of like, eh, you know, I don't want to be that guy. I want to be like this guy, whoever it is, whether it's your dad, whether it's an uncle or whatever, you want to be the guy with the bravado. You want to be the guy, mm, yeah. you want to be that. the guy that's the sweet talker. That's the sharp tongue. That's the, you know, he ain't taking no shit because that's what your ego craves. You, you know, it's like that for females too. Yes, yeah, and you're you, right. Right. So here's the thing: like women always say, it's like, oh, I want a nice guy. You don't want a nice guy. What you want is the bad guy to be nice to you. That's cool. Oh my God. Yes, you're right. Yeah. That's exactly. So it. I never want to be the nice guy. I want to be a good guy. Yeah. That's what I want to be. I want to make sure that you understand that there's no fucking with me in any capacity, not verbally, not physically. I am unfuckable with. You understand what I'm saying? So from that perspective, that's the tattoo you should get. Yeah. <laughs> so from that perspective, it's like I need to have that certainty about myself. You understand what I'm saying? So according to the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, or also known as SAMHSA, apparently, service costs or lack of insurance coverage was the most frequently cited reason for not using mental health services across all racial and ethnic groups. Yeah. Unfortunately, we know that that's a huge problem, right? So it's not even just machismo on top of everything else. It's lack of resources. Sure. Lack yeah, of education, absolutely. you know, lack of want to, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. one thing I have noticed with men around your age specifically, because mm-hmm. unfortunately that's my, that's my dating pool now. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've noticed. It's Congratulations. A, I know. Right. <laughs> Lord Jesus, help me. 
is they're extremely self-aware. A lot of them are extremely self-aware. Yeah. But have the lack of will and the lack of want. Yeah, I have noticed that in a few, uh, you know, in a few cases. I have noticed that with women too. Oh, um, oh, I'm not saying women are no, no, devoid no. of this. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just laying out my, my, my perspective too. Um, it's that, you know, it's that same idea that it's, you know, that, that we touched on before where it's like, you know, when you go to therapy, you know that the outcome is going to be that you may hear something that you don't want to hear. Amen. And being wrong is doesn't palate, you know, it, it, it's not palatable for a lot of people. So, you know, this is why I say it's so important to like, you know, put your ego aside for a second. Someone know? said to me, I won't obviously say who, but someone said to me, I am scared to change because I don't think people will like me if I'm a new person. Regardless yeah. of the fact that people weren't really a fan of this person yeah, <laughs> the way yeah. they are now. Yeah. But they're so scared to change. And I keep saying it's not about changing. Yeah. It's about improving. It's about just opening your mind and saying, okay, I could be better. And and we all could be better, right? We all could do better. We all could treat others better. I was like, why live in a mental misery when you can just adjust your way of thinking? Here's the, the truth is though, that it's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm 46 now, you know, through the course of my life, I've lost a lot of friends, uh, not oh, the death or real. anything. Yeah. I, no, I just agreed. mean like I've outgrown a lot of them. Yeah. Agreed. You know, you're going to lose friends if you, um, you know, when you, when you, uh, focus on your career. Yeah. Right. Because that's what happens. Right. Like you, you, oh, it's, you know, you get, you get out of high school, you start working, whatever you have your second childhood in your twenties. Now you got a little money and you start partying and all this that's stuff. Right. right. And, and then at some point, you know, you might meet somebody and things start to get serious. And now you're considering marrying somebody, maybe kids, whatever it is. And now it's like, well, I gotta, you know, that at least that was my, my thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I met somebody. It's like, I want to get serious about my career because she's serious about her career. And, you know, like, I don't want to fall behind and not, you know, like, be that dude. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, right. <laughs> um, and I always had this thing where it's like, you know, like, I got to make sure I don't, I don't you know, I don't want to be broke. I don't want to be this bum-ass dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? That was my thing, right? So I had to, I had to figure out how to, how to get something going, you know, for myself. And I realized, and at that point, I've already been working for years, you know, and I knew that it's like what I was doing wasn't working for me. So I had to kind of come to the conclusion that I needed to find something. To do. I came to the conclusion that I needed to find something to do. And when I when I started evaluating all my options, um, I think that what I arrived to was a crossroad where I said, I'm either going to be a chef or I'm going to be in IT, right? We had that conversation a long time ago. I remember yeah. that now. Yeah. Wow, yeah. yeah. And so um, the deciding factor was that I was fat <laughs> and I hated the heat, <laughs> right? <laughs> I love cooking, but being in the summer in a hot kitchen, that sounded like hell to me. That sounds like hell to me. Right. Like all day, 12 hours, whatever. Like no. even if I was an executive chef, it's like, nah, I'm good, bro. I'm not, that, that's not where I want to be. Yeah. So IT was it for me. Um, and then I found out bonuses, like, you know, you can go to a data center. It's cold as shit in a data center. Yes, it is. I've been in a data center. Yes. the frigid. It is frigid in there. And that was just, that was just tickling me pink. I love it. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, I, I made a career choice for myself that, you know, I was happy with. I was, uh, you know, uh, even when I, even like, you know, like I, I hustled even at night. Like, you know, I found my own clients. I started, you know, getting my own thing going on. It's like, so there was 12, 16 hour days on a regular basis. And I was just killing it because I liked what I was doing. Anyway, the point of that story was to tell you that I lost friends because I outgrew them. They wanted to stay in one place. Yeah. And I, I had to keep going. You know, it's like this ladder that people are saying, the, the ladder of life that everybody's trying to climb. Exactly. Right? We're all trying to climb. And every once in a while, like, you know, you, you know you're a good person and you, you know, you throw a hand down. Hey, hold on to my hand. I'll, I'll help you up. Yep. But here's the thing. I'm not coming back down to pick to get you. That's an excellent way of putting it. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Like, you it's either like, meet me up here I'm going to throw you. my hand down, yep. reach up, and I got you. And there's been a lot of times in my life where it's like I've you, I've been in that situation. And it was like, no, I, I'm, I'm not doing this. You know, in my from my experience, it's been kind of the opposite. I've never necessarily needed someone to say I got you, but I've never had anybody offer yeah. the I got you. Yeah. And sometimes you end up chasing that. Yeah. And, and that... Inadvertently. Inadvertently. Yeah. A whole different kind of perspective, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I will help anybody. I'll give the shard off my back, right? Yeah. 
always have been. I'm like, come come up. I will help you to my level. You know, let's do this together. Like, I'm cool with doing stuff together. But you're right. I'm not going to go backwards, right? Especially if I've made this much progress going forwards. The pro- forward, forwards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the problem is, though, every once in a while, it is nice to hear someone say, I got you. Absolutely. You well, know? that's the, right, that's the whole, that's the whole takes a village kind of thing, yeah. right? It's like. To this day, I still, it's still, and, and I almost feel like, and this is something I work through myself because it's not needed it would it's still a, a want of mine and it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a friend it could be in a relationship at mm-hmm. some point where someone says for once let me get you yeah yeah sit down. right yeah, yeah, take relax let me get you right yeah. because i feel that talking you know with your latter analogy is realistically we should be going up together yeah yeah right yeah yeah Every once in a while, I'll throw my hands down. Everyone, you know, you throw your hands down. We'll have, we'll have to throw each other over each other. Fine, right? If we're going to make it double wide and both of us to go up at the same time, that's great too. Right, you right. know what I mean? We'll do it. We'll do two next to each other, whatever it is. And I think so in that respect, it's always great to be able to tell other people I got you. But every once in a while, that's exhausting. And yeah. every once in a while, it's like, when is someone going to say, I got you? Yep. And even though I have progressed in my journey and my mental health journey and my emotional spiritual journey even though i progress to the point that i'm like i don't need i don't really need that shit sometimes it's just human nature to want it well uh, i got news for you men have that need too okay and not necessarily monetarily or anything else but it's like you know it's like it, 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 it's one of the love languages they say acts of service it's acts of service yeah See what i'm saying yes uh, and so what happens is is that you know like it's nice to be taken care of it's nice to know that there's somebody who's looking out for you and their generosity is displayed. When you're a man, specifically, uh, and I'm talking about from my perspective, when you're a man and that you're, you know, you're you're expected to provide, and 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 by provide it's financially, I'm providing security, I'm providing, you know, like, you know, I'm providing wisdom to you. Like these are the things that you know I'm providing, and all that stuff encompasses like, you know, a, a security for you. Like you know, you feel this is what makes you feel like provided for and cared for. And like and, and, and it gives you that that ease of everything's gonna be okay. Right. Because I got right. this very capable man. Right. Who if I fuck up, it's yeah. gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. Right? Like yeah. it's the safety net idea. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so what happens is men generally don't feel they have that. So there's a stress that comes with that to say, if I fuck up the bag, all is lost. Yeah, I could see that. And so that comes with like some emotional like baggage, baggage. as well. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like it's like yeah. yeah. And, and 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 so, you know, like now it's like even when I try to date, it's like, you know, like there there are a couple of things that I'm I'm looking for. And one of those is like I need to have a woman who's intelligent for starters, because number one, most of the thing, stuff that we're gonna be doing is talking. So you should, which should be, of course. Yeah, we're going to talk a lot. Right. So, you know what I'm saying? If we're going to have a healthy relationship, we want to communicate well. And I don't want to have to, you know, break everything down to a third grade level because you're having problems keeping up. You know what I'm saying? So that's number one. Read a book. Just read a book. And when you have and right. And when you have an intelligent woman, she's going to challenge you. She's going to challenge you. She's going to question you. Right. She's going to challenge you. She's going to question you. And you are. You know, you're both going to be beneficiaries of that constant, like, uh, discussion. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, cool. Because, you know, um, if she's career-oriented and she's goal-driven, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, cool. Like, you know, men tend to match energy, you know? That's exactly correct. Yeah. I've been learning that, too, Because here's the well. thing, right? Like, if yes. you're, you, like, as a man, like, here's part of where your ego is healthy, right? Like, it's like, here's where I like to let my ego get the best of me. It's like, if, if you are killing it at work and all that stuff, it's like, I don't want to be that dude that's not, you know, get like uh, where my wife is going, yo, um, what's up, bro? Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you ain't killing it no more. What's happening? Yeah. Right. And so I don't want to do that. Now, if I, you know, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm not worried about that. But what I'm saying is like, I have a, I haven't, I have a need to make sure that I'm keeping up, that I'm pulling my weight. Right. That makes now, sense. If you get to a point where you're making 250,000 or more or whatever like that, like, you know what I mean? And it's like, and I'm only making like 180. Uh, only 180, huh? But what I'm saying, it's like, you know, <laughs> then I'm good. It's like, hey, look, it's it is what it is. You know right, what I'm saying? It's right. like, no, I I don't have any problems with that. Even if you're making a million dollars a year. Yeah. And I'm pulling in 180. Yeah. I don't care. Like I, you know, like I, I'm doing what I I I set out to do. I got my goal. Exactly. You see exactly. what I'm saying? So like, if you get to that point where it's like, okay, cool, then that doesn't bother me anymore. However, now I gotta find ways 
to make sure that I'm supporting you in the sense that like, hey, you know, it might make more sense for me to be a little bit more supportive and quit my job to make sure that you're, you're making because you're making substantially more money mm-hmm. than me to some degree. So like, you know, that that's where that, that applies. It's like, for me, it's like, I'm always going to let that ego, you know, try to make me a better person for me and for you. As opposed you know to making mean? that ego destroy you. Exactly. As, as opposed we to be know like, that as the, the right. popular way to handle it. Yeah, the ego shouldn't, uh, yeah. the, the, your ego shouldn't be uh, convincing you that you need to stop her progress. That's exactly. That's I call you know what I call it the anti ego. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're 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 hurting both of you. Yeah. So I think this is uh we're gonna stop here because we have so much more conversation and I think this is a good segue into dating in our forties. Let's do it. Um, not necessarily each other, just so everybody's aware. <laughs> but no, we're just friends, guys. We're just friends, guys. Jesus. But I do love him because I do. He's a really good, really good friend of mine. And we She's have... pretty cute, too. But, uh, you know, still. It's you just, can't you really know, tell, yeah, but I'll uh, take yeah, it. I <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> uh, we're going to have a part two. And, yeah, thanks for listening. And we'll be back. Sounds good. Thank you all so much for listening to this first episode of the new season. Don't forget to come back in February for part two of this thrilling and wonderfully enticing episode discussion with Jose where we're going to laugh and have a lot of fun. Don't forget to hit me up on ProseccoQueensPodcast at gmail.com. Also on IG at ProseccoQueensPodcast. We are also on YouTube at ProseccoQueensPodcast where you can listen to our episodes also. Looking forward to this new year and all its new possibilities. 